Hello, and welcome to Hall's House, real stories around the people involved with Greater Albuquerque Habitat for Humanity. I'm your host, Sean Friend, and today on the program we have Doug Champlin, the Greater Albuquerque Habitat for Humanity Executive Director. Welcome, Doug. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for the invite today, and thank you for the cup of coffee. <laughs> you got it. Very excited to be here today. Uh, we can so we can continue to tell our story to to the people, to the great people out there. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here today to tell your story and to ultimately spread the word about Habitat for Humanity here in Albuquerque and and uh, the surrounding area as well. Uh, so let's uh, let's get started. Um, Tell me a little bit about yourself uh, and your position at uh, Habitat for Humanity. So, Sean, this is this is my second career. I've been uh, started my second career uh, ten years ago. I retired back in 2013 from a large uh, high-stress uh, corporate position. Okay. Um, I've been in many positions here at Habitat. Uh, started back in. 2014 as an Encore Fellow. Okay. Uh, from there, I moved up to Operations Manager, uh, and then uh, did a two-on-one with uh, Joan Costello, our old executive. We kind of co-managed the the affiliate together, and then when she retired in 2020, I uh, took over the executive uh, director position and been there since. Uh, in my in my spare time outside of Habitat, uh, I, I'd like to uh, do a little bit, uh, uh, do some cooking, grilling on the outside. Okay. Uh, anything in particular? No, no. I I like to cook anything and everything. Uh, meats, vegetables, even desserts on the. On you the... made some really good smoked turkey for Thanksgiving oh, oh, thank and. You. Holy cow! It was so delicious. Yeah. Uh, so you, you're you would say you're a grill master? Yeah, I I think so. Yeah, we're we're, we're working towards that way. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's great. So. Uh, I uh, I used to work at a at a barbecue place back in the day called G Zamboni's. You ever mm. remember that place? It's on Rio know. Grande. It's closed. It's been, but I uh, I used to smoke some of those meats as well and I know what it's like big pieces of brisket and yeah. stuff like that Absolutely. so super fun well thank you so much um, so tell me uh, what what created your interest in Habitat for Humanity and what got you involved locally well from uh, when I was getting ready to retire from my my first career I I really didn't want to sit around home I didn't have uh, any any real hard plans what I was going to do from a retirement perspective. Mm -hmm. So I started looking around and I heard about a, an Encore Fellowship and uh, found out that uh, the local habitat had a, had a position open. So I did some research, looked at uh, what uh, habitat did, what, uh, what the mission was and such. So uh, Really liked it. I had a, an engineering background, so I liked uh, certainly liked the construction aspect, and thought I could bring some some insight uh, into Habitat from a construction engineering perspective. Filled out the application, submitted it, uh, and sure enough, uh, 
my application was accepted and uh, I took a, a one-year fellowship here with uh, Habitat uh, okay. back in 2014. That's the Encore Fellowship? Yeah, that was an Encore Fellowship. So what that is, is it's a nationwide organization okay. that takes um, middle to senior management positions from individuals uh, that's retired. Okay. And interjects them into the nonprofit environment. Oh, all right. To to help uh, nonprofits with policies and and such as that to uh, to support the the nonprofit uh, world. Is that still going on? Yeah, it's still going on. Matter okay. of fact, uh, uh, here at um, the Albuquerque Habitat, we've supported uh, many uh, Encore fellows. Um, we uh, some whole, you know, we've had some that do stay around, others uh, put in their years of fellowship and then move on to other things. Uh, Bill Bidell is oh. is a good example. Yeah, my operations uh, director. He he was an Encore fellow for a year uh, upon his retirement and. Uh, did such a, a great job. We uh, hired him on as our operations director. Yeah, he was on our, our first episode of our, our newest season of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was really a treat to have him on here as well. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, Doug, what what's your biggest accomplishment that you've had since you've been here at greater Albuquerque Habitat for Humanity? Um, and, uh, is there anything in particular that you've learned from it that you could pass on to others? Well, you know, I mean, there, there's been, uh, quite a, quite a few, you know, major accomplishments that, that we've had here. Uh, I, you know, I, <clears throat> it's, um, you know, two, two accomplishments that, uh, I'm I'm really proud of uh, not so much that that I've done them, but that the, the staff here at Habitat's been able to accomplish and to gain some insight into where we need to improve in the direction that we need to go. Is the uh, in in the last you know in the last five five or six years we've been able to uh, put together two homeowner surveys and uh, getting that valuable data and insight back from, from the homeowners so we could, so we could uh, improve. So, you know, a good example, uh, back in 2014 when we uh, did our, our first survey, um, and we covered multiple subjects uh, across the spectrum on that, you know, construction of the house, the, the house layout, the homeowner services and educational services. And, and we just finished up uh, one small community and one of the feedback uh, from the homeowners is, hey, you didn't give us any back door. Huh. Is in order to, to get into the backyard, we have to go out the front door and, and around and, and around the, around the house. Well, we certainly took that into consideration when we was doing our next design and build, and we even built a, a small concrete patio uh, on the back of the house with a back door, so people could so people could enjoy 
doing, you know, during the summer, springs, outdoor barbecues, entertainments, right there in the in the backyard, and they didn't have to go out the front door and and, and around the house to, to get to the back backyard. So those are some of the insights that we gain from from individuals actually living in the house yeah. and, and such. Uh, here again, the the second survey that uh, we we did here just back in. Uh, 2019, 2020, just at the start of the pandemic, was the homeowners wanted to see more educational classes. Uh, they wanted to see some better insight on what they needed to do as new homeowners to maintain their house. Okay. Yeah, we did. You know, at at the end of the build, and when when we give them the keys, we do a you know. A, a, a couple hour walkthrough with them uh, on how to change the filters in the furnace and things that they need to to look at but that's a one-time deal mm-hmm. you know do these things resonate with the homeowners and and so two or three da- years down the road are they still do they still understand those things from a maintenance on the on the home so the homeowners wanted to see a, a continuous uh, kind of educational aspect with regards to maintenance on their home. Hey everyone, uh, Sean here. Uh, looking to get involved with that, the Greater Albuquerque Habitat for Humanity? Uh, you can uh, visit our website at www.habitatabq.org to learn more. Uh, We're always looking for volunteers, and don't worry, you don't need any experience. We're happy to teach you everything you need to know. And any donation made through our website goes to help families in need of affordable housing. So, let's get back to the show. So, let me me talk to you a little bit more about the um, things that excite you. You know, here at Habitat, the Greater Albuquerque Habitat for Humanity, um, is there anything right now that you're really looking forward to in, in terms of uh, in terms of projects that were that you're working on? Great question. It's uh, certainly not a, a hard one for me, uh, but it, it's got it's got many answers and many directions. So okay. let me let me give you, uh, I guess, my top four. Uh, directions that uh, that I'd like to see the affiliate go. Okay. So the first one is is um, our strong growth picture and direction. So I look at growth <clears throat> in in many aspects. It's just not we're going to build six houses this year. We're going to build eight houses next year. That's that's just a, a small element of it. Um, We've got multiple growth strategies that uh, that we're looking at from both a, an affiliate and, and a board perspective. Okay. Um, uh, one of them, uh, again, is uh, to continue to uh, evolve and increase our, our house construction. Definitely, uh, that's, that's probably one of the... One of the top ones that we want to focus on, you know, we're not going to uh, 
be able to help reduce the housing shortage from an affordable perspective unless we continue to put this out forefront and increase our uh, construction capabilities uh, every year. Okay. Um, the second one is is growth in in our staff within the Habitat affiliate. I've okay. got a, I've got a, a great staff, and I'm I'm looking at things to uh, keep the staff energized and uh, keep them uh, moving forward in in the positions that uh, they're currently that they're currently in. Uh, Thirdly, and, and it's, it's probably one of our top focuses right now, but is our expansion into southern Sandoval County. Oh, okay, I've heard about this. From both, a, uh, uh, from both a home construction and repair, as well as uh, affordable housing initiatives. Okay. We've been, uh, we've been invited by the city of Rio Rancho to... Uh, uh, sit at the table with them on the development of their affordable housing policy for the city of oh, Rio Rancho. Interesting. So uh, that's something that uh, we haven't dealt with from uh, from uh, past, but that's one of my primary initiatives and directions for the affiliate for the next couple of years is to really help drive affordable housing policies creating one to, to help uh, the overall shortage of, of affordable housing. And when you say Southern Sandoval County, what do you mean by that? Well, so that's real Rancho, Corrales, Bernalillo type. So, oh, okay. So we've got, uh, we put in our application to Habitat International to expand our service area. Oh, great. So we were approved. So now we've got a, a team of individuals that's, going to be engaging with both businesses and local governments oh, okay. as well as community organizations up there to to tell our story to okay. say hey habitats out here now you know is we're going to start slow we're going to start with a repair program up there in Sandoval County and and then uh, eventually we're you know starting to look for land and we'll start building building our homes up there that's awesome uh, that's really going to be the greater Albuquerque area, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. You had a fourth thing too, right? Yeah, so uh, again, the, the fourth thing is the um, working with the um, affordable housing initiatives. I, oh, okay. I really want to work um, from a, a state perspective. It won't happen this year with the state legislature, but I want to get in there and... Uh, talk to our state uh, and local representatives and and really work with them on developing uh, affordable housing initiatives and policies that 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 do two things both uh, a short-term vision and a long-term vision you can't you can't have a, a policy that just that just focuses on long-term initiatives and forgets about the the front end and the short term. You have to focus on both. Okay. We need we need policies and such that uh, addresses the uh, front end things from uh, affordable housing, uh, such as uh, uh, helping to minimize uh, city construction impact fees. Uh, 
land availability, the cost of those. From a, a sustainability long-term perspective, we need uh, property tax reform. So we can't continue to uh, have our homeowners increasing property taxes every year because that's something that's outside of our control. We can't control that. And, but that quickly become, makes part of the mortgage package for a homeowner unaffordable you know mm -hmm. we're trying to keep the um your your monthly uh, mortgage payment down to 500 550 well we're starting to see these things increase now payments are going to be quickly up to six to seven hundred dollars which makes it unaffordable for the low to middle income in individual let me ask you this. Uh, we uh, have uh, our offices here in Albuquerque, uh, you know, right? We also have our ReStore that's just connected to us in the same building. And uh, we've been the number one ReStore this year, which, um, which is pretty awesome. And Miguel was on the last episode of our podcast and talked a little bit about that. Uh, but where do you see our office and the ReStore in, in, in 10 years from now? <coughs> Good question. So, uh, I want us as an affiliate to to be a leader in the community in regards to uh, affordable housing uh, perspectives, and uh, not not only from affordable housing, but supporting the the community in in other needs for the uh, for low and median income individuals. Okay. Uh, another area that I really want to try to drive um, the affiliate is financial education. That's, oh, okay. Financial education is key to, to anybody, really, whether they have are in a program from an affordable housing, live in an apartment, or, or have a $700 a month mortgage payment. So you want some sort of class that people can take? <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, I certainly do. I want, I want to be able to do uh, weekly, monthly classes and, and helping individuals uh, understand financial budgeting. Interesting. Uh, and get that, because that only, maybe they are a, a median income family. Mm -hmm. That can certainly, if they manage and budget their financial situations today can help grow them into uh, into the next level of, of income. And it also certainly benefits an individual that's in a lower income, how they can grow their income and, and become a better um, a better individual within within the community from, from that aspect. Outstanding. I, I, I want us to, you know, it's, it's going to take time, uh, but, you know, I want us to be growing 10 to 15, building 10 to 15 houses a year. Oh, wow. I, I'd, like to, I'd like to see us have multiple restores uh, in our service area. That'd be great. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to be able to uh, be able to put one up in Rio Rancho so people don't have to come into. Albuquerque to, to shop, you know, right. I want to, uh, 
a near-term uh, solution would be to put a donation drop-off center up in Rio Rancho. Okay. So people, instead of driving into Albuquerque to drop off a couple things, they can just drop something off at a at a brick and mortar shop there in Rio Rancho, and then before and then we can send trucks up to there to get merchandise and bring it down to the to the Albuquerque. That's a great idea. Like uh, having just like a a, a drop a drop off location yeah. as you were saying and yeah. then we have some people out there they're collecting the stuff and then they're bringing it back here to the restore uh, so that way we can get more money for uh, for affordable housing for yeah. get people who who need those houses. And you know, as we start to build houses uh, up there I certainly want a uh, an office up there, so oh, okay. individuals can, you know, stay in Rio Rancho, come in and make their house payment up in Rio Rancho rather than having to having, come here. Having to come here, so yeah, that makes that, sense. And, that makes know. sense. It's about, about expanding. It's about making housing affordable for everyone. Right. Absolutely. And you know, we've got uh, a great area too. If we look at uh, Southern Valencia County. Oh, okay. You know, we've got. What do we have? We've got uh, Google, we've got Facebook. Uh, who, who else do we have down there? Amazon. Uh, Amazon, you know. So expansion into Las Lunas, Berlin oh, yeah. type area is absolutely on, on the table. Greater Albuquerque area. Great, just, greater Albu yeah, just make yes. it bigger and bigger. A absolutely. Okay. So, so there's a need all over the community for, for affordable housing and, and support of the load of median income individual. That's great. So we get emails, me and you, I get emails all day long, every day, um, people trying to get a home, you know, and uh, they, uh, a lot of times they need to fill out a, a form for, to submit their interest into getting a home. And then after they submit their interest, then they can actually fill out an application when the application window is open. Now, we are opening it up the application window in the spring, yeah, which is will. really exciting. Uh, but what advice would you give to these families who are trying to get a home? Well, I, I think, and, and I've talked to it a, a little bit earlier here today, the financial aspect is um, we... We have uh, a, a regulation from an, an income perspective that we must adhere to between we, we serve individual families that have an income from a 30%, 60% HUD income range based on, on family size. So what does HUD mean? It's the, it's the governmental housing uh, department okay. that puts out all the requirements uh, around uh, around rental controls and, and housing numbers. That and, makes sense. Such. Okay. Uh, so, for, you know, number one, they need to be in this range of, of income. Okay. I mean, we can't, it's, it's hard to put a, a person in a, in a house when they, they fall down in maybe the 15 to 20% income. Yeah, they... They're low income, but we want them to be successful and be able to, to make the monthly mortgage payment. We, a lot of people uh, 
have a perception that we give individuals houses. Right. We, we don't do that. They to to be successful in society, we we they have a mortgage that they have to pay, which yeah. which includes not only a principal payment but uh, property taxes and and house and house insurance. I think you talked a little bit about this, and this is like making the difference of the mortgage being a thousand dollars and and five hundred dollars is right. what we want them to have, right? right. Yeah. Absolutely. The second <coughs> aspect of of this is their Financial well-being, and what I mean by that is, how much debt do do they have? So, if if they bring home, you know, fifteen hundred dollars a month, if if we put them in a house at five hundred dollars, do they do they have a car payment? Do they, you know, do they do they have other credit cards that they have to to pay on on a monthly? We. So we have a, a ratio which we call debt to income, mm-hmm. meaning how much monthly debt do you have to to your monthly income that, that you bring that you bring home, mm-hmm. and and we try to keep that uh, in the neighborhood of of less than forty three percent. Okay. So and and that's the biggest that's one of the biggest things challenges that we work with individuals on. We've had individuals. That we've worked with for over a year, working, they've got great in. They've got, you know, they fall right in the middle of the thirty to sixty income perspective. But they they may be forty seven, forty eight percent debt to income ratio. So we'll work with them on paying down credit cards. Say, hey, you've got these credit cards. Don't charge any more on them, but. Start paying them down. Start paying them off. Okay. And and we give them ideas on on how to how to do that. Uh, if they've got a, a a real high car payment, uh, we say, hey, you know, how long have you had this? Maybe they've had it three or four years. Have you looked at maybe trying to go out and get a better interest rate on on your car to to reduce that? Okay. So we'll work with a an individual or families mm-hmm. for for a year to help them reduce their debt to income ratio so when when they do get that down there that they make a great candidate for our uh, home ownership program because we want the individuals to be successful mm-hmm. we just not <clears throat> we just don't want them in a in a house for for one or two years and then their their uh income and debt you know goes above their means and, and then they're not able to make the house payment and uh they're on they could be on the road to foreclosure mm-hmm. and and we certainly don't want that we want them yeah. you know we want that family to be successful and, and stay in the house for for many many years it sounds like to me that the best advice that you give is that look into ways to be financially responsible that's right and to ultimately set your own goals in order to to find ways to start making payments on a house and so right. we're going to help you along the way absolutely and and that's you know i i talked about the the educational aspect and 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 that's one of the one things that i really want to start driving is 
educational classes around financial budgeting and, and those kind of things. To I help. think that's something yeah. to very that we could do. I think yeah. that's something we could do. Um, so the last thing I want to just uh, talk to you about, and I think we've talked about this kind of like <coughs> throughout this whole interview today and throughout our conversation, but how would you make housing more affordable for everyone? Let's just say uh, you you could make the rules. How would you do that? That, that, I mean, that's a good question, and, and, and those kind of things, you know, unfortunately uh, is not an overnight fix by, by any means. I mean, if you take, take a look at, at, at affordable housing perspective and, and the needs across the country, it's, it's mind-boggling out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's going to start, uh, we, we need to... Um, Reduce. I don't think we can eliminate, but we need to reduce homelessness mm-hmm. and and get those people into um, beginning apartments or uh, some stable living environment. Sort of like what we were doing with the women build. Mm-hmm. Right? A- absolutely. So you know we need to start getting people that want to move forward mm-hmm. in, in that aspect uh, off the streets and into some kind of a stable living environment. Okay. And then building off of that, uh, again, starting with those individuals to build a, a financial uh, base so they can move out of an apartment or move and move into a home ownership pers- perspective. Okay. Uh, again, is those kind of things are going to take time. Is you can't you can't just say, well, I I've been in this stable home environment for for three months. Now I'm ready to to move into a house. It it, it takes time to to build those. Uh, again, is uh, being able to have affordable housing policies that allows us to to create affordable houses at a reasonable cost. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, we can't do too much uh, around the cost of building materials, but there's other aspects. Uh, again, uh, allow us to, to build more densely in, in neighborhoods instead of having a, a quarter or a half acre lot per house you know, let us subdivide that quarter acre into two two lots, so we can build build two houses instead of one. Yeah. Uh, you know, get moratoriums on on property tax taxes for low income in individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, have uh, uh, incentives for for banks and such to to provide. Uh, down payment assistance for for homeowners that's going into affordable housing. So, uh, you know, we can we can get five thousand. So start, instead of starting out at one hundred and fifty thousand dollars from a, a mortgage perspective, we're able to to get that uh, mortgage down to one hundred and thirty five, hundred and forty thousand. Which, you know, 
reduces the monthly mortgage payment. Okay. So there's a lot of those things that that can be done, mm -hmm. and, and it's just uh, education and, and talking to the community organizations and, and getting everybody on board. Again, is it's it's something that's going to take years. We'll, we'll never be able to uh, meet the demand here in, in one or two years, but we can start by creating some of these initiatives and uh, relationships with local community organizations and, and financial institutions to, to help the low to median income world in uh, doing the affordable housing perspective. Yeah, that's great. Well, Doug, I really appreciate you being here today. Well, thank you very it, much. It's really great having you. Uh, do you want to uh, tell everybody where they can go if they want to find out more about us? Yeah, so, you know, we've got our website out there. It's habitatabq.org. Uh, great, great place to go uh, for home ownership, volunteering, and donations as well. So thank you very much there, Sean. Thank you so much, Doug, and uh, I hope you have a really great rest of your day. Thanks you again. Bet. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>